So, I think I've officially started this project now, whatever that might mean. I think it is real, it is, and it is happening. Welcome to the first episode of Intimacies Alone. Throughout this first season, a first series of interviews, conversations, unfoldings with people, but also with place, with myself. Um, we're going to be exploring and see what this is meant to be. I started this project because I'm not sure what the words are in English, in this language, in this way of being. We're talking about how we feel closeness or touched or moved or receptive to connection and intimacy. And sometimes when I hear people talk about like what friendship is or what a relationship is or what leads us to connect or disconnect or move or change or grow or want to grow even if we're unable to I'm not really sure like what that means for me what it is like to be in this world in this moment in this time so I decided I might ask people and I'm discovering what intensity and what beauty there is in letting people talk about what intimacy means to them. And I still don't really quite know what it means to me. I thought I would look for guidance, uh, not just through reflecting on my own experiences, not just through the words of others, whether in conversation or the pages of a poem, the pages of a book, but also, uh, our quick and easy resources. What happens when I Google search for intimacy? What happens when I, uh, as my parents always told me to do, look it up in the dictionary? Uh, so I'm going to share those insights with you. Intimacy. Plural. Intimacies. Wikipedia. Emotional intimacy involves feelings of liking or loving one or more people and may result in physical intimacy. Intimacy, intimacy define intimacy at dictionary.com. Intimacy, definition of intimacy by Merriam-Webster. Intimacy 2001, a movie, state of being intimate, close, familiar, and usually affectionate or loving personal relationship with another person or group. Five stages of intimacy in a relationship. Which are you in? Intimacy, definition of intimacy at the Free Dictionary. Intimacy, the art of relationships. Intimacy 2001. I forgot. I observe that you have renewed your intimacy with him. Physical intimacy is characterized by romantic love, sexual activity, or other forms of passionate attachment. These relationships play a central role in the overall human experience. By degrees, a link of some intimacy had been formed. Helping someone who is hurt. Showing someone a part of your body you don't feel confident about. Sharing secrets. Kissing. Living with someone. Eating together. Sharing big news with someone before other people or before you tell the world. I had never had any intimacy with them, though we were not on bad terms. Humans have a general desire to belong 
and to love, which is usually satisfied within an intimate relationship. Such relationships allow a social network for people to form strong emotional attachments. Wikipedia's page on emotional intimacy uh, notes that emotional intimacy varies in intensity from one relationship to another, from one time to another, much like physical intimacy. It's a perception of closeness to another that allows sharing and is accompanied by expectations of understanding, affirmation, and demonstrations. Other sections on the page include sections on how it is a social fact and an assessment scale. He was so acute that he must be aware of the drooping of their intimacy. Letting someone borrow or take care of something that's important to you. What, what is, is intimacy? intimacy? Goodtherapy.org. Definition, Definition in the Oxford Dictionary. Fears, signs, and causes in coping with being afraid of intimacy. Wikipedia's article on intimacy. Intimate relationship is an interpersonal relationship that involves physical or emotional intimacy, typically implying the inclusion of a sexual relationship, although not all sexual relationships are intimate ones. It's part of a series on love. Some other types of love are affection, bonding, broken heart, compassionate love, conjugal love, courtly love, courtship, troubadours, falling in love, free love, friendship, romantic friendship, interpersonal relationship, intimacy, limerence, love addiction, love at first sight, love triangle, love sickness, love struck, obsessive love, passion, platonic love, puppy love, relationship, romance, self-love, unconditional love, unrequited love, close association with or detailed knowledge or deep understanding of a place or subject or period. Letting someone into your secret spaces, telling someone what your favorites are, telling someone where you'd like to go, bathing, combing one another's hair. Thus it was that in intimacy, a sort of comradeship had sprung up amongst the three. An amoriously familiar act, liberty, sexual intercourse. Privacy, especially as suitable to the telling of a secret, the intimacy of a studio. In anthropology, intimacy is considered the product of successful seduction, a process of rapport building that enables parties to confidently disclose previously hidden thoughts and feelings. Intimate conversations become the basis for confidences, secret knowledge that bind people together. In human relationships, the meaning and level of intimacy varies within and between relationships. And what if none of that means anything? What does it actually mean? Right now, for me, right now, to you hearing this, to be close, to share secrets, to go to some metaphorical, literal, physical, spiritual place with someone, someplace, something. What does that look like? What does that feel like to me? to us, to us together. And I still don't really quite know what it means to me, but I think this, this is an intimacy that I'm having. And I'm glad that you're along to listen to me on this journey. Our first episode is an interview with my friend Echo, and it has been a journey to get the audio from the uh, recording that recorded our online call into a listenable state. Uh, I've spent a lot of time, and my uh, producer has spent a lot of time 
hearing the first few minutes of that call and hoping that this is the time we've like successfully inter interpreted the sampling algorithm. Um, and it makes me think about the way we play conversations over in our mind, divining new meanings, returning to the meanings we already knew, never quite achieving the felt sense that we had in that actual moment, in that actual exchange. This interview, this uh, intimacy practice with my friend, um, recorded remotely, uh, came through uh, incredibly garbled. Okay, so the uh, learning how to interview guide I read, should I said I should start by asking you like not a real question. So, and the example was, uh, what have you had to eat today? I don't, but I feel like that's whatever. But if you just wanted to randomly talk about like decorations in your room so it, we become comfortable being recorded or something I think is the idea <laughs> yeah yeah has been this uh, experimental, frustrating, ongoing process to take that sound, which was so clear when we spoke, and to slowly take that exchange and make it intelligible again, while keeping my speech intelligible. Uh, felt like this incredible metaphor for what intimacy is. And you're going to hear our best attempt to uh, recuperate the original interview. Um... In the future, uh, I think I'm going to have significantly more backup processes, so it's unlikely the sound quality will kind of exist in this sphere uh, again, but no promises about anything. My name is Echo D. Oak. I am a writer, maker, and thinker. Um, my pronouns are they, them, and see them. And I identify as being non-monogamous, I do sex work, I do very intimate writing, making for both professional reasons and personal reasons, um, and I'm definitely um, an energetic empath <laughs> who is journeying um, with intention around um, energy exchange, which I think is really um, going to be a, a theme, if you will, when I talk about intimacy. I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about, like, what your definition of intimacy is. <clears throat> I think it's ever-evolving as I learn more about um, energy and opening and really self-connection. I am um, finding that when I experience intimacy at its height is when I am most connected with myself. Um, and so to like maybe just choose a few words around how I experience intimacy, it's definitely energetic exchange. 
and opening either of self or space or other. Um, and I feel like it could, it's like a like a, a mind-body-spirit connection in a way that you open the mind and that can open the spirit and the body. Or you can open the body and that connects to the mind and the spirit. So it's definitely a, a layered um, experience. And I think that that exchange could also happen solo um, as I'm hardcore dating myself. Um, my understanding of intimacy has really changed. Do you have some kind of like examples or like ways you've noticed it changing? I think I'm recognizing the more subtleties of intimacy and closeness. Um, before the way that I was raised in like, you know, white Western culture, um, if I like capitalism being like a main, um, you know, experience in, in this part of the world. It's like production, production, production. Um, what can you give? What can you give? Um, and I think I learned that it doesn't have to be something physical. It doesn't have to be verbal. It can just be a subtle, relaxing um, in a space or with another. <laughs> so like when I about like dating myself, an example is when I can go out in my car and just like get lost and then I sit there in that quiet, that moment, that opening, that is intimacy to me. That is allowing myself to love a presence that is only with me right then and there. I don't know if that's clear. <laughs> um, but like, it's gentle. I always felt intimacy had to be very overt and um, I've, I've learned ways of just being with, not just doing intimacy, if that mm. can be a difference for a moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of hearing like a distinction between like relaxing into intimacy versus like pushing or striving, like trying to be intimate. That's kind of something I'm hearing in the like car moment. Is like that intimacy like arriving to you versus like reaching for it? I feel like those are a lot of good words in translation. Yeah, like like your words of trying really echo for me. You know, um, I'm not trying to do intimacy or closeness. I find it um, at least in this like dating myself journey that I've started in the last like six to seven months of my life. Um, I recognize that I gave a lot of closeness and a lot of intimacy and a lot of love and care and attention outward um, in many facets of my life and in many manifestations with many people, um, but never held those spaces, the, that openness, that gentleness with myself. Um, so in that journey in particular, it is very, very gentle. It is an arriving to I'm um, not trying to construct um, or force, if you will. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I, I think the more people that I meet to, I'm able in those moments to see different faces, if you will, of intimacy. 
um, learning different ways other people become vulnerable or open up energetically to another. I'm curious if some of the just kind of like starting to develop a relationship or like developing your intimacy with yourself through dating yourself like I'm wondering in what ways that might have that might be shifting or changing how you like give and receive intimacy with others Totally. Totally. I'm able to really focus on channeling energy. 
I sent you and things I'm kind of been thinking about intimacy with like the other than human when I share closeness with the non-humanness of the world um, whether it be like a forest um, or just like my pen and paper <laughs> at my journal um, I'm learning how to open those channels and learning the depth of those moments slowly. I think a, a big part of um, being raised in an alcoholic and addict world as a child um, is you learn how to read people, how to um, survive with people. Um, and I wouldn't really allowed to explore the ways of anything else. Um, so now being older, I'm having a bit of more independence in my life. I'm able to make the choice to go out and get lost is what I call it. <laughs> and um, be with something that isn't a face, if you will. Mm-hmm. I am. You mentioned at the beginning of that response, the intimacy of pen and paper, and you're a writer, so I'd love to hear more thoughts about that, if you have them. Yeah. Um, I've been writing since I could hold a pencil, um, and something about that Maybe, maybe it's very, very selfish in many ways, um, but there's nothing stopping anything from coming from my mind to paper. Um, I hate pencils. This is another layer of intimacy in writing. I'll never write with a pencil. I love writing with pens. Um, 
when I edit. Um, there's this mode, there's this um, indescribable buzz that comes from getting it out of my mind and into the physical world. Um, and also seeing the writer voice, because every writer um, has a writer's voice. <laughs> this little voice, I call it a little voice. It's okay if it's a big voice for you or, you know, mine or plants. Um, but the idea that there's something that's you but not you that just channels, that comes in and says this is the next line or this is what you need to see. Um, and it's really powerful when you get in those silent spaces and can hear it, um, be with it. Um, and I use that intentionally because, especially when I'm writing fiction, you know, I get out of the way <laughs> um, and, and let something come through. So, you know, I started writing journals. Um, from a very, very young age, started writing poetry from a very young age. Um, I have mounds of them. They'll actually be in my upcoming capstone for my BFA in June. Um, and you can see the progression of this is what it was, or this is what I wanted it to be, to, you know, as a younger writer, to now being able to use words as a playground. Um, and that in and of itself, finding the roundness of words, finding the connections with words, um, it's very intimate, especially when you're trying to create an intimate experience for somebody else. Um, you know, even the act of people writing um, or reading, pardon my work, um, I just released my first chapbook, and people across the country reading my poems and taking pictures of my poems and sending them back to me and I'm crying and loving them because I'm like, holy fuck, like, you're speaking my words, you're reading my words, you're touching something that I've made um, and yet we're worlds apart, you know, and I get these messages like your words are just like speaking to me or your words are just like slaying my heart and like, oh, you're like modern, you know, sad, queer, like, <laughs> like uh, you know, and I'm just like, I'm just stopping, experiencing this overwhelming feeling of connection, full circle. You know, I started writing those in my bedroom, but it's currently clean, but it's usually messy. Uh, you know, and, or like a wreck in my phone, just like typing it out, like typos and all, you know. Um, and then they're molded and crafted and loved and cared for, you know, over weeks, months, years, even. Um, and then you let it go. <laughs> you let it go and you let it be with somebody else. And it's a really beautiful part of writing. It no longer becomes yours. Even though it's so deeply, intimately tied, tied, excuse me, um, to you. <laughs> I definitely intimacy in many ways um, and I think that's because I'm non-monogamous um, which for me is different than being polyamorous um, so the way I practice 
is with the person or place that I am exchanging with. So, because um, like when you say like, is there a particular intimacy practice I haven't talked about, and that's definitely the connection I have through kink and BSM. That level of intimacy is not like the intimacy that I share with, say, my, like, you know, gay shit married husbands. <laughs> um, even though we do share some dynamics, like, our relationship is very different than the dynamics that I have with playmates. Um, because BDSM and kink is such a space that has opened what it means to be open. <laughs> um, you know, it's not just fucking. <laughs> um, so I'm really grateful for the levels of vulnerability and um, trust and energy exchange I can have with someone through a team dynamic. I wonder if you could say a little bit more about like, I know it like varies widely, so this might be difficult, but like what that kind of like feels like or like the flavors of that intimacy. I can open different parts of who I am up on full blast with different ink partners. Um, so meaning like I identify as a switch um, so I top and bottom simultaneously um, like solely in the scene if somebody just needs me bottom top whatever um, but those just aspects of myself through different kings um, can be in ways that I may not be able to hold that same space if I were doing a different kind of a play and a different kind of space with a different kind of a person. Um, so as far as flavors, God, this word just has me right now on. I'm like, God, I, I've like never thought of kink as flavors. Um, so I think I might just have to hold that and maybe we'll do a part two. You <laughs> can integrate it. <laughs> like, let it just stew, you know? shape-shifting that happens so like shape-shifting like really fully being something that maybe most of the time is not like you're not being it to that like full extent yes and it comes with I think the territory um you know you have to trust you you, you have to get to this level of closeness to read someone's body and words and reactions um, and then have enough self-awareness, self-discovery, self-exploration to be fully present and return the same, um, you know, communication and level of attention. Um, some of the most intimate moments in my life have happened with people whom I'm 
only play this one time. <laughs> um, you know, that it was a negotiated scene or it was, there's been a few pickup play moments um, where it's like, I will never experience that again in my life. You know, that beautiful intersection of like clear communication, clear desire matching, um, fullness and presence of being and spirit and a deep energetic exchange. <laughs> you know, you go, people, I think dominant culture has this very sexualized concept of kink that is, you know, um, just like really, you know, forefront like impact play and um, pain. Um, you know, and that you have to do a BDSM and only this way with this amount of fear, or you know, you're not doing it right. And you know, simply going out to a bookstore with somebody and and saying you can only look at books that are red is pink, right there. That's that's intimacy, that's trust, that's power exchange, that's um, you know, bear to mind that those people whoever negotiations and exchange and conversation and setting um, and so on and so forth but um, yeah it's like it can be just as simple as an instruction or eye contact or any of those things um, it's it's very powerful it's <laughs> very very powerful at least in the way that I do my exchange and my connection and BDSM um, for others I mean about how you know or like how what it feels like when like the play partner or the other person is like in that inside that intimacy with you that that is such a great fucking question I I know it's um it's very complex um I think that lends back to my first one during my introduction I'm saying in that um, feeling another person's frequency hone in with your frequency doesn't have to be the same um, a lot of people think that like we need to sync or it's, I don't I don't I wouldn't call it syncing with someone but uh, my body's like shaking it's like it's like they plug in you know, and you plug in. Um, for me, the, the people I play with and the play I tend to enjoy, there is a constant level of communication, whether that be through eye contact, touch, words, um, objects, um, you know, agreed upon phrases, whatever it may be. Um, and then I think, too, there's just this elevation of play in the way that the majority of people I've played with it's like okay you remember that thing where we're like okay we're gonna go for it it feels good this is it <laughs> it feels good you know um, and you get this like reassurance this deepening of trust that you're going with what's coming and what's what's came um you know, I, I do a lot of different kinds of play. Um, 
which I mean, I'll have been told by some of my cancer friends in the last few weeks. So my life is not, um, I don't know, it doesn't come along that often. <laughs> and a lot of the play I do is like edge play, um, which has also just been brought to my attention, which to me doesn't feel like edge play because it's not at my edges, if you will. Um, yeah, so in my exchange of play, it's like, it's that moment where we both fully commit to the scene. It's like you can negotiate something, you can open up something, you have kind of this layout, and then one, two, three, go. But then there's like in those deeper connections, those moments where it's like so fucking intimate, where it's like you just both know. So you just both do. <laughs> um yeah, and, and then again, this kind of like I've been practicing BDSM for eight years uh, with, you know, many partners and, and I'm growing in, in so many aspects of play. Um, I enjoy doing, and it's a process, you know, it's this never ending process of learning and being committed to an education, um, you know, truly of, of self and other um, and community. Yeah, I've I've had honestly just some of the most mind blowing moments with people and scenes where it's like I I have negotiated with you over the last month. We've talked. I've like said you. We've like done the one two threes, you know. And like you just blew my fucking mind. <laughs> Not like I don't know your mother's name. I've never been to your hotel. I don't know what you ate for breakfast. Like all of these other things that people think intimacy may or may not involve, you know, but when that door opens and that flood channel releases, it's like this energetic wave like no other. Um, and I feel grateful for every scene that I've had with my playmates because they've given me opportunities to be my full self. I'm thinking kind of about, I don't know if you've heard this term or not, but it's a term that really changed a lot of my personal understanding of what I wanted my, like, ideal kink experiences to be like. Um, um, that it's, like, I think it's Corey Alexander has a blog post about it, but the term is two-footing. Um, and, the, and the idea, like, or the piece is about kind of more broadly about, like, a dominance consent. And it's like often a lot of a lot of popular kink narratives. You know, the idea is that like in most scenes, like the dominant has one foot in, one foot out, and is like the and then the submissive doesn't have to do that. And the um, the article makes the argument that actually, you know, it's good to like both be two footing, like to both be holding that container and both be like deeply inside the container together, and then you can then go to, like, different places together than if, like, one person is, like, fully responsible and the other person has, like, abdicated their responsibility. And, like, I don't necessarily think it's bad if that's what someone's doing, but, like, I was like, oh, the thing I want to do is I want to, like, both be holding that edge together regardless of, like, who's doing what thing in the scene. <laughs> and that feels really intimate to be, like, I want to be able to get a little bit lost in the scene, but like kind of, and I want you to be able to get a little bit lost, and we're both going to take care of ourselves together and take care of each other together. 
me to be able to openly talk to somebody about what happened during a scene is very opening and, and important and it's a part of a closeness managing um, because I may have had like a profound scene and that person's like that's my every Tuesday um, you know or that person may be like yes it was so great and this is what I need from you now um, you know there's a lot of ways that doing the aftercare talk I do next day two day and a week out aftercare for negotiated scenes and those layers of those days allow for me to also see how it settles in the body with somebody else, how it settles in my body. Um, and there have been many people that are like, I enjoy our exchange and this is the path I'm taking and I don't think it's going to overlap again. And if it does, I'm here for it. Um, and then I've had, you know, those profound experiences or, you know, deeper exchanges happen and played with that person for five, six, seven months until it was just like, okay, I need to do something different. Um, I think that, at least for me in my life and the way I experience closeness, I really honor the exchanges I can have with people. Um, and I'm honestly grateful when I can open up those, with those, like, those kinds of levels with others. Um, yeah, and, you know, especially with me, most of my kink dynamics, they're dynamics in my life. So, you know, um, don't define it. <laughs> don't want to. Um, just don't define it. Like, you know, it's not for you to be able to put in a box and say what it is, you know? Um, yeah, and, you know, no expectations, obligations, um, or pressure, like, I'm really trying to live a life in kink that allows me to be an ever-growing kinkster, and I want to hold that for others in the same respect. Um, yeah, but, you know, I still get a little wink and a smile. Right? <laughs> you know, some people who are totally like, that's it, you know, or, you know, I get like a nod at a conference or, you know, um, it can be small, but I think between teamsters and, you know, um, going into play with somebody, you're really opening up already um, and, and sharing something that the world has told you you shouldn't feel, you shouldn't desire, you shouldn't share. Um, so I think there's already like a very basic vulnerability that happens when you play regardless if it's very deep or, or your every Tuesday. <laughs> it makes me wonder about like how kind of like navigating those shifts in intimacy with play partners like is similar to or different from other kinds of like intimacy navigation in your life whether that's like romantic partners or like friendships or coworkers, I don't know. <laughs> um, I still use a very deep level of communication between dynamics, relationships, connections, um, in and out of kink. Um, communication is at the center of my everything, being a writer, um, being a maker, being a person. <laughs> I, I need to be able to communicate. Um, 
So we put a lot of intention and attention towards the ways that I communicate with everyone. <laughs> um, but the ways that I navigate intimacy, um, it's, I think, how do I say this? I, like, I talk to people a lot when I tell them that I'm not polyamorous, that I'm not um, And this comes from my understanding of love um, in its many forms. Um, I have two relationships. <laughs> One with my beautiful, beautiful husband um, and one with myself. Um, those are my relationships. Those are the connections that I have to have a commitment to daily. Um, moment to moment in space, I, I cohabit with my partner. Um, I've been with my partner for close to seven, it's like seven, eight years. I say seven, they say eight, but we'll just say eight. Um, you know, it's it's something that I am here for it, everything and it's becoming. Um, I'm committed to this evolution of self and and couple. Um, I still wake up every day amazed that my partner chooses me. <laughs> um, every moment. Um, they're definitely the best thing that walked into my life. So but when I say I'm in love with my partner and I'm in a loving relationship with myself, is very different for me than the dynamics that I have with others, um, be that through kink or friendships, which friendships for me is a very broad word that may include romance, may include intimacy via like sex or touch or um, other forms of body and bodiness. Um, all of those exchanges and connections still come from a place of genuine care and love and openness. Um, I'm able to open up my energy that impact that thing, you know, with those people in those spaces and in those times but it's very in that container. <laughs> um, it's like, I'm with you right now. And when I'm not with you, I'm not with you. <laughs> um, like, it's like, I really, I, okay, like, so I was in San Francisco for my birthday last month, and I had a beautiful conversation with a gay gay about you know, and this is a, a person that I do have um, intimacy with. I do hold closeness with. I consider them a sweetie of mine. Um, we really hold space for each other and experience things together, experience life together. But we do this in containers. <laughs> like, um, I, we open these things with each other and we recognize each other. We see each other. We listen to each other. Um and we get to share what comes and there are no bounds to what that looks like or feels like or has to be. But then when I'm gone or they're gone, like it's this 
gone. Like there's no daily check-ins. There's no daily, you know, weekly things. There's no monthly. It's just the moment we share together. And they told me in the car when we were like hanging out in the car, they're like, you know, that that is like remarkable to me. <laughs> the way you can do this is shocking to me because, as they called it, you're not in this moment for an escalator relationship. It doesn't need to escalate into something committed or long, like, or what would be the word, like, um, you know, for a long time, or, you know, there's, there's no, there's no idea of expectation or pressure or obligation, um, you know, and it's very freeing to experience that, you know, where for them, they're like, I am all, I like, the majority of people they date want an escalator relationship. <laughs> um, and so they were just commenting on, you know, so I was telling them that's why I identify as non-monogamous, like, I'm not polyamorous, like, I am in love with one person um, outside of myself, if you will, um, and that takes everything from me. Um, but it doesn't mean that I can't open up myself, my energy, my heart, my care, intimacy, closeness with another. Um, I want to be able to make those choices when I'm with those people for myself. Um, and I'm blessed with a partner who understands that and feels that as well in their own ways and their own experiences of intimacy and closeness. Um, so we're able to really challenge each other in ways that we need to be challenged, but support each other um, in blossoming and growing with people. Um, but I do the hard work with my partner, and that's why that's a relationship. Um, you know, there is no other person that I can be tactfully vulnerable with. I'm like right off the dome. I don't know how even to like speak it yet, but I'm gonna try. Feels, um, you know, that's that's my relationship. That's my level of intimacy. My partner has sat with me through things that I didn't even want to be in my own skin for. And that's a level of intimacy and closeness I don't experience with any other person on the planet. I knew immediately when I met my husband that I was going to be with them for the rest of my life. Um, I was young. I was in college. It freaked me out. I was like, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> you shouldn't fall that deeply in love with someone so quickly. <laughs> um, but look at us now, you know. Seven, eight years later, you know, my husband identifies as being polyamorous because they really want or they know that they will fall in love. You know, they're here for love. Um, I, I describe their love as an ocean. Um, it's big enough for everybody to sink as deep as they need, you know. Um, they're such a, a sensitive, beautiful creature. Um, I describe my love in that way as a cup of water. <laughs> it's a big cup. It is full of ice. It is cool. It's on a hundred and day. You know, but I handed my cup to my husband. My heart. I, I, I've fallen into love and the stupid patient married love, you know. And doing that for more than just myself, too, in the ways that I was talking about earlier, 
it would be unfair to, to anyone else in my life. It, it, I would I would cause a lot of hurt. Um, I, I cannot give what I give to my relationship with my partner to another human being. I just don't have it in me. If I tried, I I, I would hurt someone. I'm so sure of it. Um, so I'm very clear to the people that, you know, I open up to and share space with or can't or any of these kind of connections, dynamics of closeness and intimacy that, you know, I'm not here for a quote-unquote escalator relationship. God, that's been a beautiful term for me. <laughs> Seems to connect with a lot of people. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm here for this moment. I'm here for you and what we share is what we share, but I, I won't be in a relationship with you. <laughs> I feel like that's like one of the like really powerful things about like closeness and intimacy is that like it happens between difference. Yes. And I mean the women have taught me a lot about intimacy across difference. <laughs> like truly, truly from cuddle puddles to nerve muzzles to hugs to meals made to kind of closing or final thoughts that you have to share or like things you wanted to make sure to mention that you haven't gotten a chance to mention? Um, I just really wanted to thank you again. Um, it's really been rad to sit and talk with you and, and it's an honor to be welcomed onto your project, to be part of your archives. Um, I guess for like, you know, pitch sake, um, my Instagram is Echo underscore oak, oak, O-A-K. Um, if future listeners want to find me, um, and I'm also running a press called Ask to Mouth Press um, that features um, struggling artists on handmade scenes and chapbooks. So if anybody, future interviewers or future readers, want to get together and put your words down on some paper that you spoke on the program. Thanks for listening. Tune back in three weeks from now for bratty intimacies. Hmm. If you have art favorite quotes, a special treasured moment, of intimacy uh, feel free to submit that to be on the podcast or featured on our Instagram post or read aloud by me on the podcast it's really cool to hear you talk about that I'm like wow this is not how my brain works it's exactly why I wanted to do this podcast <laughs>